Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 21 of Concussion Chats. My name is Taya. Concussion Chats is a podcast hosted by the McGill Students for the Concussion Legacy Foundation with the help of Nick from Concussion Talk Podcast. We're dedicated to providing strength and hope to those suffering from concussions through sharing experiences. Today we have a recording of our guest speaker, Allison. Allison is a post-concussion syndrome survivor that mentors women with PCS through CLF. Uh, through her Instagram, concussion underscore recovery underscore art, she sends free art to people suffering from PCS. Hey, Taya. Uh, good morning, everybody. I'm, I'm delighted to be here, a little bit nervous, because it's the first time in four and a half years I've spoken to a group. First time in four and a half years I've wanted to meet new people. First time in four and a half years I've felt this good. So um, I want to say thank you to Emily. Emily, you have put up with old lady me. I'm, I've been on Instagram for about a half an hour, I mean, two months, and there's so much I don't know. Um, it also reflects what I don't didn't know about my concussion when I had it. Um, there's so much information out there that I'm, I didn't even know exi- groups existed. I didn't know there's so much information I've gotten from Instagram that is good information compared to what you will hear here. So um, Emily, thank you for reaching out. You've opened up something in my heart and in my mind and in my excitement. And for that, I'm really, really grateful. So thanks. Um, I come with props just to make it fun. It'll make it weird for the people on the podcast, but this will be more fun for us. So sorry, folks on the podcast. Um, My plan was to have a really pulled together presentation for you. And then that 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 uh, symptom flood Tuesday. Um, I was hanging new paintings at the art show that in my little town here. I'm doing concussion awareness art at a town show. I have all these little paintings, which turn out are really hard to. Uh, measure and put in correctly. So lots of concentration, lots of focus. 
by 10.45 Tuesday morning, I was in bed with a symptom flood. And I had my, what we call my family, my eye bra on, my sleeping mask on, my eye bra. And I just, because I knew I was doing this, I thought I would take real-time notes for you. Thought it'd be interesting. Um, I'm in complete stillness. I'm jumpy, I have noise sensitivity, light sensitivity, I'm nauseous. My tinnitus, tinnitus, I never know how to pronounce it, is going crazy. I feel, I felt a migraine building all morning. My nervous system is a lit. Um, my kids are two doors away with two doors closed and I could hear their online school. It was going right into my brain. And downstairs, my husband was opening a little bag of Canadian, uh, not uh, Cadbury Easter eggs, you know, the covered ones. And just that cellophane was killing my ears. So a massive symptom flood. Um, but the difference between this one is, and the, all the others I had is this time, I know why it happened. I know how to fix it. And I know I'll be okay. That's the big difference because my PCS story is one of don'ts. I'm just a big fat walking don't. Um, don't do your concussion the way I did mine because it begins as all PCS stories do with an accident. And I was skiing with a helmet on at my home mountain with my kids and somehow the skis flipped out of me on me on a beginner slope watching my kids learn how to ski. And I had a helmet and hit the back of my head. And you know, of course didn't go to the emergency room because I'm a mom and I wanted to, we had to stay on the schedule and get the kids home. To, to sleep on a Sunday night. And uh, as the days went by, the symptoms increased. And so by Thursday, I finally went to the doctor. And it's normal, I guess, for women, my basic understanding of how women's concussions are different, and I'm learning as I go, is that it's normal for our symptoms to come on more slowly, that we have more severe concussions, we have a greater number of symptoms, it takes us longer to recover, and the reasons are, because my understanding is our necks are not as strong, so our brains hit harder, and there are nerve cells are longer and leaner, which makes more breakage, more damage. And depending on where you are in your menstrual cycle, it, it depends on how bad your concussion is going to be. So go to the doctor, and she says, let rest, just rest, it'll resolve on its own. And so I go home here to, my, to a construction site, and we are redoing the kitchen, yay! Um, and there are three guys with nail guns and every nail gun is just piercing into my brain, but there's no walls, there's no doors. I'm living in a construction site. And as the weeks went by, the construction people would need decisions. They would call me in the middle of the day and say, well, what do you want to do about this or this? And I would walk in, they have a bright light and I would shield my eyes. And they would ask me this incredibly complicated question two or three times. And I would just say, I got to wait. I got to. I got to run this by my husband, which in normal times wouldn't be true, but I just couldn't make sense of what they were saying. And so these guys were kind of laughing at me and like, this is ridiculous, never heard of this before. Um, so at those, that point, I couldn't read. I couldn't write. I had bees in my brain that I didn't understand. And I spent February, March, April, May, June. This is the Star Wars blanket. <laughs> I was underneath the Star Wars blanket for months in my TV room, listening to CNN, um, doing the Calm app, which I now despise and will never do again. Um, and it was just misery. 
just, I kept emailing the doctors, nothing we can do, nothing we can do. Neurologists won't do anything for you. You'll heal in time. And for me, it was miserable, miserable, obviously. The social isolation was brutal. Um, right next door, my neighbors, good friends here have a bunch of kids. And I look, remember looking out there on a Saturday night and they were having a family party. And under normal circumstances, we would have been there four or five families together, but with dogs and noise and people and laughter, there was no way. So I was missing out, my kids were missing out. It was just sad and lonely. But then there's another aspect of the social isolation, which for me was rage. Um, for years, I've been working out a few doors down here. A friend has a studio and I've been, you know, twice a week, three times a week for four or five years. I go down with these ladies and we do our high intensity training. And at 10.15 on Tuesday and Thursday mornings, the caravan of minivans would go by my house to leave. And week after week, month after month, no one knocked on my door. No one said, seemed to miss me. No one seemed to notice. And I'm getting a little weepy now. It hurt so much and it turned to rage. And eventually I would sort of start looking for those cars on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10, 15 and they just keep on going by. Um, so I was first hurt and then I got furious and then I would feed the hurt every week. And it was so bad for my mental health. Um, and the third thing that happened while in the Star Wars blanket was the kitchen was done. And we, I'm lying there on a Tuesday morning and my husband is, I'm lying on a couch in the big new room. And my husband is doing a nice thing, putting the silverware away. And the spoon on spoon on spoon just went straight into my ears. And I just yelled, you've got to stop, you've got to stop. And he looked at me angry. And then I just, I was just like this with all the hat and sunglasses in June in the morning, just so quaky and miserable. But he didn't, his anger at me for being critical of him doing the, doing the dishes um, turned into just sadness going, God. Then he got quiet and kissed my head and went off. And, and I padded over to the TV room, which was dark and closed the curtains and just put my head in the covers and just sobbed and wailed like I never had before. It was frightening. I was frightened. Um, oops, I'm there. Oh, there, sorry, <laughs> reading, reading the comment. Um, I was terrified. I was terrified at my mental state. Um, I have children. I wouldn't wouldn't suicide, but I understood the power of that. Going five more minutes, five more months, five more weeks, five more years of a life this limited, this much in pain, I, I just couldn't do it. Um, and that scared me. So I called the doctor again. And this time she offered PT, which made no sense to me. PT for my brain, what? So. I'll do whatever. And she sent me to the name brand, best place that people come. I live near Boston, best place everybody comes. I went to the local branch of the name brand rehab place. And for two or three months I was treated and some exercises. And I, over the course, I started feeling stronger and happier and I still couldn't read, but I could take care of my family. I could exercise. I'm sort of good enough compared to where I've been. And I slowly improved over the fall and the winter. And they, there were still weird things happening. Like I hated meeting new people. Oh my God. I was on the beach. We live in a beach town. And someone really nice, very calm, quiet person was excited. She'd heard about me in town. And we were both therapists. And I was terrified to meet her because I knew I'm off. I knew my brain's sludgy. I just knew I 
I knew it wasn't right. So I avoided meeting new people for a long, long time. And by the new year, I started to read a little bit. My son really wanted me, he was 12 at the time, really wanted me to read The Book Thief. It took me six tries to read The Book Thief, which is a young adult book. Um, and I was living more and I wanted to be a good mom. But so I was doing more and it was sort of good enough compared to where I'd been a year earlier. My daughter was in Shrek. And, you know, I started to do fun things like the don remember the donkey quote from Shrek Shrek with onions have layers parfaits have layers so I made it for the cast party a big thing of parfaits and put some big red onions on it just to be silly but I felt like myself was coming back and I wanted to be a good mom for my son so I went and played basketball and we played a game called knockout boom right in the head and so that's 14 months after this fall skiing um went to a different PT did vestibular PT. I wasn't tracking. We fixed that over six weeks or so with a big X on the wall with all the PT exercises. I was really dedicated to it. And again, I was back to life. It was kind of good enough. I was actually reading. I was happier. But then there was this convergence of two events that happened in my life that changed the course of PCS. Um, my husband and I are self-employed therapists and tax prep, tax preparation, there's a lot of receipts. So I was doing tax preparation, the receipts are all over the floor for a couple of days. And I was really focused on getting that done. And at the same time, my church asked me to be a part of the committee that chooses a new minister. And the resumes for this thing were 17 plus pages long of essays and what stuff. Um, so I spent two days doing what normal adults do, which you got a lot of work to do, you plow through it. But this one landed me yet again in bed. And I just lost it. Light sensitivity, noise sensitivity, bees, headaches, weeping, despair, a mess. I was terrified because I had no hit, no accident, but it was just as bad as in the beginning, just doing normal adult life things. And I asked my family and friends to help. Um, I couldn't Google this entire time. So the fact that you guys are on here is amazing to me, but I, for some reason, couldn't Google, couldn't scroll. Well, probably because of the eye tracking. Um, but some suggestions I got were like, why don't you try some CBD and going, oh my God, really? With how messed up I feel in the brain, that's your suggestion? And another friend uh, sent a pile of Amazon to a bunch of books. And she sent me ghost in my brain. And for the first time, in 18 months, I saw my experience. This guy describes lying down in his office in the middle of the day. He describes how hard it was to make the school lunches. He was having the same kind of meltdowns in his daily life as I was having. Now, only 10% of this book could I read because it's written by a neuro something or other and brain, brain plas neuroplasticity and frontal lobes, like who cares? I mean, I couldn't. Couldn't do it, but the 10% that finally I could see my experience there in black and white. And it was the first bit of hope that I had that I could actually come back. First bit. So I emailed the doctor again. This is 18 months after the fall and three months after the basketball. And I demanded sort of to follow his path and demanded to see a neurologist. And the neurologist, I finally got in at Mass General. And that Mass General neurologist said, your brain's fine. Every test I took, the brain was fine. I had no brain damage, which of course I worried about it going, oh my God, do I have a tumor causing this? Do I 
is this early onset Alzheimer's? Because my mom got it at 85. Did this concussion trigger Alzheimer's? Just these scary, terrifying thoughts I've been carrying around for 18 months to have this neurologist finally say, you're okay. But the problems you're having, Allison, are because I had problems with attention and concentration for so long. My brain was so underused. It was under such chronic stress for 18 months. I was so scared for so long um, that I couldn't focus. And the taxes plus the 17 page resumes, that required focus. Hanging the art show Tuesday, that required focus. And my attention and concentration, they were weakened by 18 months of underuse and just complete and utter terror and pretty severe depression. So he sent me to cognitive rehab, which was a game changer for me. From June to October, I went to just seven sessions. And in the beginning of the sessions, I would sort of say, here's what I did today. And I would plow through my normal day as a mother and a work working person and who runs a house and who has to get the right kid's mouth to the right orthodontist at the right time. The woman who has to remember, do we have ketchup or do we need jalapenos? Um, I, the person who just gets stuff done. And every time, every day left me in a puddle of tears just getting stuff done. And it was such a state of despair. I just assumed life would never be okay, normal again. I'll never be able to function normally again. So it turns out my brain needed a lot more support. And in cognitive rehab, I learned how to pare everything down. Does this thing need to be done right now? Or does it need to be done at all? Is this conversation with this person or that activity worth getting tired over? If so, have it. If not, get out of it. Uh, schedules and lists. I, I learned not to carry stuff in my brain. Like, do we need ketchup? I have the most killer grocery list, which sounds lame, but, but, but until this, I'd never kept one in my entire life. So I had my, I talked it to, to my daughter, 14 year old, and she typed it on in and printed it out. And now I go to the grocery store and all these people are like, wow, that's a list going, well, yeah, I have, I have brain injury. It rocks. Um, the most significant part of my cognitive rehab were the brain breaks. I didn't know what they were called, didn't know what they are, but I start off a, um, my brain breaks doing, here's more visuals, you ready? adult coloring books. I have this open on my dining room table with watercolors and just fill them in peacefully. And it was so calm, not really pretty, but it was calm and lovely. And I went through this whole book and then I got bored with that, which is a sign of health. And I started moving on to other things. So I got watercolor paper and I started doing pretty watercolors like that, simple, just simple lines of colors. And then I got bored with that. And you can see through the progression of this that I'm getting a little better. Then I started doing simple, simple, kind of ugly, but good enough. I mean, considering what was going on, it's pretty good. So I spent a long time doing that as I got stronger and stronger. Um, and I started to really live by that question, is this person or activity worth getting tired over? And it really clarifies everything. So I've learned that through not trial and error, through error, 
only that chatting with vague acquaintances? Nope. Going to a party with people I don't care about? Never again. Um, family wedding? Totally worth it. So as I started to live like this through this question, I got stronger and I had fewer meltdowns. And more significantly, I've been doing things that are meaningful to me and not doing things and not being in relationships with people that aren't. So here we get to COVID and I am the only playmate for my 13 year old son. And we go around and we go mountain biking, we go climbing in the White Mountains and we do this and we do that. I'm old, ruptured some disc in my back. Yet another accident, going bad luck. Um, and so I'm standing for most of the summer at my kitchen island and I get better at watercolor. So I spend weeks doing sheets like this and getting better technique wise and enjoying myself more and creativity is coming back and that feels great. But then in August, I get this random letter from Arkansas. I don't know anybody in Arkansas. And inside it says a young woman in Snoqualmie, Washington has started this project during COVID to send out 50 letters to 50 people to 50 households in each state. I got it. And it was just so touching and meaningful um, that I created a big sheet of art like that and created 50 letters and sent it out to random addresses and sort of low income places, one in each state. And it just felt good to pass on the energy and to use my art um, was really, really meaningful. And it was a reflection. I could take on a project of sending out 50 letters, something's different. I'm different. I'm healthier. Um, in the fall, I went to the Concussion Legacy online gala and I signed up to be mentors for women my age to going through PCS. And that is another sign of health and healing. And then Santa at Christmas time, I asked Santa to bring me acrylic paints and I, the brightness of the colors really kind of jive with me more. And in January, I decided um, to go on Instagram and share my process of healing. Thought it would be interesting for people who are going through concussion to see coloring books, to simple watercolors, to where I am today as a visual record. Um, I didn't want to be a, hey, look at me. I'm a great, I'm an artist because I'm not a good enough artist for that. And that's, then there was this wonderful day where someone with a TBI posted that she'd received a piece of art from someone and that really brightened her day. And it was this light bulb moment. So at that point, I started taking the, I, these cards, I cut up my art and I put it on these pretty cards and anyone who asks for them, I will send one to anywhere in the world. It just means a lot to me and also pretty envelopes. I have all the art lying around not all of it's good, but it looks really good when you cut it up. Um, I do this because PCS, I'm getting choked up, was the hardest and loneliest thing I've ever experienced. And I've had stage three breast cancer with toddlers. I had 18 rounds of chemo, a lot of infections. I had a really rough go with it. This was way harder. I had so many dark days during my PCS. I did not feel like myself. I had no interests. All I wanted to do was be alone and in bed and I couldn't because I had a family to take care of. 
every single day dragged painfully. Remembering that I wanted to reach out to people when they're having those days with my little cards. And on most of these little cards, the note I write is something along the lines of wishing you strength, patience, and good medical care, because that's what I needed and that's what I didn't have. This experience with these little cards is giving my art meaning and purpose. I'm not just making pretty things because there are so many other people who can make much prettier things than I can. Um, and I'm doing a brave thing, which is I'm having this art show in town. Here's, here's a good one I made last week. And um, it's I'm donating all the proceeds to Concussion Legacy and Pink, Pink Concussions. Um, two of my paintings, one of them is a expression of from the, it shows little pictures from the adult coloring books all the way through the, what, you, what you've seen, the progression. And then one painting shows, it was really bright, bright blues and bright pinks. I didn't like it, so I covered it over with dark colors. And then I go, boom, that's it. This is what PCS feels like. Your personality is, un is under there, but it's totally covered by all the symptoms. So that painting will never be sold. It's not for sale. I'm now excited. I can't believe I'm telling you this. I'm excited to get out of bed in the morning. I get up before my alarm after four years of dragging my ass around. My life is filled with creativity and meaningful relationships and connections because my life is really centered now around this question. Is this person or activity worth getting tired over? If no, don't do it. If yes, like hanging the art show, increasing concussion awareness, enjoying the process of making art, making having that meltdown that I had on Tuesday, that is worth it to me. So if yes, I go for it. Because if you live by those, is this person, is this activity worth getting tired over? And you go for the things that are meaningful, you're living a meaningful life. I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I can say that. And I'm grateful for all of you for listening. And thank you so much. Today I have Emma, who is also part of McGill Students for Concussion Legacy Foundation, Nick from Concussion Talk Podcast, and his co-host Aaron, um, who is also the coordinator for the Newfoundland and Labrador Brain Injury Association joining me. So what do you guys think about Allison's talk? Share. I loved it. Yeah. I really, really did. I almost got choked up a couple times. Um, when, uh, when she was talking about how, um, how lonely it was and how it was, you know, harder or more difficult or more lonely than dealing with breast cancer with yeah. while having toddlers. Yeah. It was really, um, and like that's really really sad right but in a way kind of validating because it's you know it it's hard to explain to people how difficult it is to go through tbi right and uh it was um yeah it was intense yeah and i think it's easier for a lot of people to understand cancer in a way and the pain that's surrounded with it because it's so mm -hmm. prevalent and there is a lot more awareness surrounding it 
versus like TBIs and post-concussion symptoms. But yeah, like, so when you're going through cancer, it's kind of something everyone can point at and know, and therefore it feels less lonely because you seem to have a lot more support. But then concussion symptoms and years on, you can, people kind of just, just like, don't Forget count. It. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not, yeah, it's not the same. Um, cause I mean with, uh, cancer, like it's like in everyone's face, it's, it goes back to the whole, um, invisible illness injury thing. Um, and I think the fact that like she could make that comparison too, just kind of like, like Emily said, like that just like really shows like how lonely and difficult that, um, PCS can be. Um, yeah. No, I, I agree. I also, I, sorry, I was just saying, I was just saying the same thing. Like, just that I had cancer. I was, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I heard you had cancer. How big? Oh, blah, blah, blah. I was so bad. Awful. Must be so blessed to work. I'm like, it's not really not that not that bad because people would understand. They feel like, oh, yeah. People want to talk to you about it. People know people that, know people that have cancer, who have had cancer. They're especially their doctors who are poor cancer for your area of the mm-hmm. body like directly for you and stuff and there's like there's there's normal options people understand it like like i was saying whereas so also i'm an appeal to like oh you know the cancer wasn't brutal it's the cancer was nothing for the brain injury because brain injury was a lot more lonelier and so emily <laughs> yeah i was gonna say like when she was talking about how the van would drive by and nobody ever stopped in you know I feel like with cancer, it's like, oh, well, she had radiation, so I need to check in with her X, Y, Z. And I feel like with brain injury, it gets to this point where I think people are just like, oh, well, maybe they don't want to come back or like they don't realize like the extent of the injury. And I look back on, you know, where I was in high school and like, I think I just kind of like put my head down and powered through. But looking back, it's like, oh, man, like I was really kind of hurting for some connection and friendship um she kind of opened that up something to think about yeah and she was definitely forced to like have to be social when she didn't want to because she had a kid right and like you can't tell your three-year-old like okay quiet time like they're not gonna understand it (laughs) so she was really like forced into having to be social and hating it so I can only imagine like the mental anguish there where like you're just like, I need this time, but I actually cannot have it. And it's hard to explain that and then feel justified it. Like you would feel that guilt as a mother, I would imagine. Yeah. Some interesting feedback. Yeah, I know. I was going to say there's some weird feedback here. Is there it for me, for my voice? I think it's from me because I didn't hear it. So. Oh, okay. Um, um. But I also, I think her, um, her, like the big thing that she was talking about was just kind of like asking herself, like, is this person or activity worth getting tired over? Like that is like, that's perfect. Like that's like, I thought about that a lot since Thursday, just like, um, and I kind of like started doing it like without thinking about it, like over the last year, just kind of like not putting the energy into like certain people like if it wasn't worth it you know um and like like actually like asking myself like consciously like is this like worth it like um I like 
yeah, I don't know. I like that that's how she kind of, like, decides what she's going to do. Um, and, like, yeah. like she was saying, like, how, you know, like, the the art show that she was doing, like, you know, like, she knew that would, like, cause symptoms, but, like, it was something that she felt was worth it. She did it. I think that's one important mm-hmm. that Billy really, like, take away just from, just if that injury, no injury, the kid had no injury at all. It was just a good idea for your neck, okay? Good idea for like life, for just like that. Don't spend time doing things you don't want to do. Like yeah, it's basically all it is. And they you know it just it takes. It does take sometimes it takes like a experience, like the brain injury or most of the experience to really understand that what's important and and what and why you spend your time on. People always say like. Mm-hmm. Hey, you mean have so much time on this earth and blah 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 and like how you know they have radio it's full of all that stuff but like living every day your full is also living every day the way you way that you want to that does the best for you and if that means spending time that means spending time doing things you want to do and doing things that are important to you and, and all that stuff so yeah she thinks those are the points you made there yeah she mentioned she was a therapist do you know what type yeah um, yeah, she's a counselor of some sort. Um, she said she likes to do. Um, she said something about some minister. She's doing something for a minister. So she like part of the church. church. Yeah. Oh, was that, is that, part that of was that was also something that like we talked about like um a couple of us like at the end of the meeting once everyone had left there was a couple of us left and someone said like you know like I wanted to say this during the meeting but like I didn't know how to say it like without it sounding like bad but like just how like it it was like nice and validating to have like someone who is a therapist say like they like really struggled with all this and that like it was a really difficult challenging time for them because like like, a therapist is someone that, you know, like, you think, like, they have all the answers to everything, like, they, like, they're whatever, um, and so that person was just saying how, like, it felt really validating for them to know that, like, you know, like, it's not just, like, them being dramatic or something, because, like, even someone that, like, has all those skills and knows all those things and helps other people with that, um, still struggled so much, um, yeah, I definitely thought that too. That's why I was interested in what kind of therapy she did because you always put a therapist usually like on a pedestal in a way. You're yeah. like, oh, like you have all the coping mechanisms. You've studied this, but it's like yeah. obviously every person struggles and no matter how informed you are about something, you can still have struggles along the way. But exactly. Her journey was very telling that she done like does counseling and all that because her way to identify all those things that made her happy and follow mm. through with them was so cool and interesting, just so helpful, I think, as well. Yeah, I enjoyed, like, I really, really enjoyed her talking about the, you know, what what's worth it, um, which is something that I've been doing without really verbalizing it. Um, but I also really liked when she was talking about doing brain breaks and how that's kind of how she got into um, art. Um, yeah, I think I was she, always into music. How did what? she get into art? How did she get into art? Was that before or after like, her? her? It, she was, art? it was after. Okay. Yeah, so she, she, I think she talked about this on our Instagram takeover a little bit. She 
she was taking these brain breaks and she started out with just like coloring and then she got some watercolors and then she started making art, you know? Um, and that's kind of how she rested her brain. Um, yeah. yeah, I never really liked coloring or drawing or painting. It's not really my thing, but I, um, I remember switching from like a trumpet cause it was too loud and like took just too much pressure to my head to playing the bass guitar. And that's really like, how I relaxed for a long time and then just brought up that maybe I want to do that a bit more (laughs) Um, making time for the brain breaks is such a such a difficult thing I think um yeah it can be but they're so important Um, I think it's really cool how she mails the paintings to people yeah yeah that seemed like such an interesting initiative like so basically someone right. had come up with that idea and now people just mail a bunch of paintings like <laughs> yeah like she yeah I don't know just like she was yeah she was talking about how like remembering how like she felt and like how hard it was and how lonely and just like um and so like now she like sends out like a nice little note and um and a nice little piece of art and it's cool because it's also like making the art is like part of like her own like resting and like just like brain breaks and like therapeutic for her and then she's also sending something to someone else that could really use it and um yeah I think that's super cool that was super awesome yeah it gets some meaning and purpose I liked how she said symptom flooding too I've always said overstimulated and I'd always shut down and the way she was talking about how she just, like, told her husband that he had to stop. I just, like, so many times it was, like, I couldn't even, like, manage to get out what was bothering me. But I just would, you know, it's almost like throwing a fit like a kid. Um, and that's what happened with the overstimulation. And I appreciate her talking about that because I really related to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I was the same. I just used to, like, snap on everyone for everything they did and, like, so everyone just kind of, I was, like, mean and bossy and angry and stuff. But, like, I never really thought about it being, like, the overstimulated and, like, stuff like that. But, yeah, the symptom flooding, that was a that was a good um, way to phrase it. Someone afterwards talked about how, like, they usually say, like, overwhelmed. And, like, it's not even overwhelmed. Like, it's, it's different. And so symptom flooding just kind of uh, is a better way to describe what's going on and like refer to it but yeah I don't know her her talk was really good and she yeah yeah she She did it so eloquently with the journey through it so (laughs) it's like I wish you guys could have seen her little props I was gonna say the props are the important part of it (laughs) yeah she like um, she had like she like put on like sunglasses and like a hat and then she had like uh, this blanket this that like she Star just Wars covered her head in. yeah the Star Wars blanket and um, yeah I think the props just added to it it was great um, and then she also just showed us like the progressions of like what she was doing like how she started like when she had like the adult coloring books like on like her table she would like that she would color and she like showed us a couple of those and then she showed us like the like when she started doing like the watercolor like it was just like lines and then it slowly like turned into other things and it kind of just progressed and that was cool to see too it was just kind of like the progression of like how she got to where she 
is now like sending art to people but yeah if anyone wants um a piece of art reach out to her on instagram she's sending me a piece of art do you have to pick what piece of art or what you want or she um, says no i think she i think she picks it out and sends it your way kind of thing cool what's her yeah, what's her instagram sure. what's her instagram right now her Instagram is um, at, at concussion underscore recovery underscore art. Um, but yeah, she yeah, I really I really liked her um, her talk and she yeah, it was great. I'm looking up her art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no. When she was, yeah, I was doing that too. Like halfway through the meeting, like I had to leave for work. And while I was walking to work, I was like looking at her art and stuff. And yeah. yeah. But uh, anything else to add anyone? No, I just really, really am grateful she gave the talk. I just don't think there's yeah. much. It was awesome. Like it's all in there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, everyone definitely really enjoyed it too. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool. Oh, oh sorry, Aaron. No, she's just such a good artist. Like, ah, I, know. I know. Everyone go check out her Instagram. Yeah, like just to add that. <laughs> All right. So uh, to again to Allison for an awesome share. Um, we'll have a new podcast posted Monday morning. Our upcoming podcast can be found on concussiontalk.com, Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. You can find more information about our group on concussionmtl.com. Our peer-to-peer support group is free and open to everyone. We hold four weekly meetings on Zoom, which includes um, one in French, and they'll all be linked below. Um, Yeah, thanks. HeadCheck Health bridges gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. Join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Trek Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada who rely on HeadCheck to improve communication and optimize care. Visit HeadCheckHealth.com for more. The music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound. W www.bensound.com Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.